It is with great fanfare and a smattering of pomp and circumstance that we welcome you to our 600th episode of this podcast. We've got a handful of voicemails from listeners, some big news around a $600 million heist, and some thoughts on the future of where we're going in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. To quote Travis, shit sure has changed in the last five years. Let's talk about these changes and what comes next on episode number 600 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition. Who's bad? And greetings, friends. Welcome to the pseudo number 600 episode of the Bad Crypto Podcast. I'm Joel Kahn. I'm Travis Wright, and we are your Sherpas. In the land of the crypto, free and the brave. We're like Sherpa Derpas. We're more like Derpas. That is exactly what we are. (laughs) We're we're the crypto Derpas. (laughs) Somebody's got to do it. Uh, You know, in this past week, we've appeared on two lists of uh, best cryptocurrency podcasts to listen to. And one of them was very clear, said, hey, if you don't mind um, hosts that are a little self-deprecating and have a sense of humor, then listen to these guys. I take exception to that because we're more than just a little self-deprecating. We think we're really bad. I, actually, we've been doing this so long. I'm thinking we're pretty starting to get pretty good. You're going to ruin the brand. Uh- all these oh. projects coming. We, seem to, know, we seem to know things, man. I just came back from NFT LA, mm-hmm. and that was a that was a really good conference, man. I tell you what, the dude uh, over there, the guys over at the Edge of NFT, uh, Joshua Krieger and his team put on a spectacular event. So many amazing uh, parties, so many amazing sessions, and you know, you know, Joel. I don't know. I I, I bet it was. 20, 25 people came up to me and said, wow, I heard about NFTs because of you guys. Uh. Thank you. And that's what's always wild to think about that. It's like, as this whole space has changed, we've been, we've helped navigate where things are, where things are going. And if you've listened to this show over time, you know, you've heard about some interesting projects that we told you really early on. We never told you to go out and invest in any of them, but we did tell you about Gala. Pretty early on, we told you about Divi really early on. We've been advisors for Animoca for a long time. We told you about that and some of the projects they're working have just gone crazy. If you paid attention, you got in on Sandbox early on, right? You got in on some of these other projects. Again, we're never going to tell you what to invest in. We don't do that. We're not those shilly types, which I think that's one of the reasons why our podcast doesn't have as many views as some of the other ones do because they're out there. You got to buy this one. Look, it's just crossed this trend line right here. And now it's going to moons to go in. So there's a lot of those hype channels out there. We're not that we're more informative and we're also more hilarious and well, we're, we're curious way better looking. Definitely. And I, you know, I feel like at some point the SEC is going to come down on some of those broadcasters that are putting out an advisory, even if they're saying in their disclaimer, this is not financial advice when the headline of your, you know, YouTube, you know, with your thumbnail with something going to the moon is XRP going to the moon. I mean, it's in it or not, not even that that's a question. Just as flat out, XRP is going to the moon, right? Those are the types of things that they're going to go after because asking questions is fine. But telling people what's going to happen in the financial world, there will be some crackdowns and uh, they they can look in our crack all they want. They're not going to find anything. <laughs> so I, we just came up with something, Trav. You know how we talk about we are all the different taglines for the show, the podcast for the crypto curious and the crypto serious, the blockchain blockheads, crypto clowns, DeFi, DoFi, nifty nerds. We're silly, not shelly. That's good. That is nice. And then we just came up with another new one, the, the crypto Sherpa Derpas. Yeah, we're the Crypto Sherpa Dippers too. So let's give a quick <laughs> shout out to our sponsor, the Brave Wallet, the first secure crypto wallet built natively in a Web3 crypto browser. No extension required. Store, manage, grow your portfolio, get NFT and multi-chain support more. Download 
the Brave browser. It's a privacy browser. It's what we use. Screw Chrome. Screw Google. They're evil. They hate you. They just want to use you and sell you. That's all they're there for. Brave.com forward slash bad crypto and click the wallet icon to get started. And speaking yeah, of and that's started, and that's more pro that's more relevant than ever right now, Joel. Yeah. Because you know, Google Chrome, they had a massive, massive vulnerability exploited as a zero day, and there was an emergency patch for it. And so I and then I don't know, I saw on crypto Twitter and, and on crypto TikTok and Instagram so many people saying if you have NFTs, boy, you sure better go update your Chrome. And I put out some content on the TikTok that said uh, yeah, you want to fix it. What you want to do is, first of all, go over here and click and download Chrome. <laughs> and uh, don't worry about all this other stuff. But if you do use Chrome, make sure you go over there, hit your hit your, your three dots over on the side. You want to go over and I believe the settings and you want to uh, update your app. You want to update your Chrome. And then after you do that and you feel secure, then go and download the Brave browser because that's a far superior browser. You're not going to have all those JavaScript exploits and stuff. And the thing is, it'll still use all of those Chrome extensions. So if you're using MetaMask or if you're using, you know, Phantom for your Solana uh, or you're using any of these other numerous ones, uh, it'll still work. Like if you're using, you know, Internet Computer, which I think has the coolest authenticator. You know, we've been working with them now for a while. And I think that I think when people start understanding all the stuff going on with the internet computer, people are going to realize they're going to go, whoa. But it has the very cool one. It literally scans your face and makes sure that it's you. And then click, it's me. And then there you go. You, you're able to unlock that it's you. It's, it's way cooler than having to type in a passcode or trying to type in some sort of private keys. Awesome. All right. They well, all work got- on Brave, though, bro. That's It'll what's nice about it. We got that and we got news. We got feedback. It's all coming after this little music stinger right here. And, and we're, we're still here. Yeah. The music played. We didn't, we didn't, it's not enough time for like to go to the bathroom or get a snack or anything. Like we just basically stick around while the music plays. So, um, you know, we say this is our 600th episode and I feel like we've always got to fix what we broke because we're always breaking stuff. The, The truth of the matter is, is it's closer to actually 700 or so broadcasts because early on we did an ancillary titled version of bad crypto called the ico spotlight that we probably did 50 some out of those and then every now and then we'd come out with a unnumbered special edition podcast so this is the official 600th number of the show but we're actually closer closer to 700 and if you figure every show averages about 45 minutes that is an additional 82 shows joel we figured that out the other day and a lot of times it'd be like oh we have some breaking thing we want to put in here and then our producer would be like no that's going to change my whole numbering system for the next 11 months and so, so then we'd have to go ahead. And- <laughs> okay, is, well, we'll just make it in 487.5. It would basically take you months to listen to everything that, that we've created so far. And we recommend yeah. that you do that. Uh, quit your job and uh, check out a society. Start wearing live animals as hats and just listen to the Bad Crypto Podcast around the yeah. clock. This is not listening advice. No. Uh, speaking of listening, we have a few voicemails that we've got here from uh, from listeners. And only uh, the sexy people called in, though. I mean, only the sexiest ones. And so thank you, sexies, for calling in all you other ugly mofos who did not call in. Oh, well, it's hard to tell how sexy they are from their voices, uh, to be candid. But let's go I'm ahead just saying that you should have called in because we wanted more people to call in. We, we have not listened to these, so we're going to listen to them in real time. I hope that there's nothing okay. private in there. Uh, here's the first one. Hi, guys. This is Ryan from Chicago. I love calling the Chicago area code for this number. Um, been listening to the podcast for a year and a half or so. Love it. I even love the uh, crazy conspiracy rabbit holes that I don't necessarily agree with all the time and sometimes are cringy. Love you guys anyway. What I need to tell you or what I hope you already know is that when people call you click and clack, that's a compliment, bros. 
they used to run a show called Car Talk on NPR in the morning for a couple hours before the age of podcasts. And it was kind of about cars, but they just went totally sideways. They would kind of, friend in a friendly way, berate their guests. It was a good listen, and it was two dudes talking. So I'm pretty sure when people call you click and clack, it's a compliment. Stay bad. <laughs> which one's click and which one's clack? You're Joel Com, so you're probably click because you're com, dot com, and I'm probably clack because I, I'm the other one. Because you're not black. And I don't smoke crack, and I'm not, but I'm only just a little bit whack. You're whack. You're definitely whack. So thanks, Ryan, for calling and for, you know, look, the crazy conspiracy theories. uh, Talk to me in a few years about those, because what's really funny when you look at who has been labeled the biggest conspiracy theorist, Alex Jones, uh, just about everything that he has predicted has actually come true. Yeah. So it's like conspiracy theories at this point right now, it, since, you know, 2001, we're about 24 and 0, right? At this point, the thing is, it's just not, it's just not public knowledge. Well, here's a crazy conspiracy theory we were talking about that was so crazy and whack and that everybody, you know, defunct it, you know, debunked it and defunct it. <clears throat> Hunter Biden's laptop, oh, yeah. 100% real. Everybody, every major media site is actually talking about it now as being 100% valid. And guess what? That tells me that's the beginning of the end of the Biden administration. They're about to pull the rug on Biden. And uh, because how are they going to be able to hide his grift? They're not able to. If they've claimed if they've claimed that that laptop is legit, then there's no way he can be a sitting president. And they tried to impeach Trump twice off of a phone call and something else. And if they don't try to impeach Biden off of this, and that tells you all you need to know about the political elite running the world and here's here's something that should piss you off and this is how you should know whether or not you should listen to trust a media source we knew this before the election and Mm -hmm. we were talking about this and a lot of people were talking about it the media all knew about it and they intentionally ignored it if you are still listening to those channels those networks that intentionally withheld something this massive they are not interested in providing you with news. They're interested in washing your brain. And so mm-hmm. this should be a, 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 a big red flashing light on the dashboard. Oh, damn. They knew and they ignored it and they didn't tell. They called them. it Russia. Yeah. Notice it's like they have they have made the Russia. world in a frenzy over Russia. Everything bad in the world is Russia's fault. Russia did this. Russia did that. And, and actually, you know, we're going to actually cover this here in a little bit, but the fact that the world is canceling Russia basically put Russia in a corner. <clears throat> and what have they done? They're actually creating a gold backed ruble. That's a crypto ruble. And it's going to be 5,000 rubles per one gram of gold. What is that going to do? That is going to change the financial landscape. And the fact that they take, they, they've taken that away. What's happening is a dollar is going to become irrelevant over time because less countries need to acquire dollars before they buy their oil. Now, China and Russia and Iran, Brazil, some of India, they're going to be buying they're going to be buying oil directly from Russia with this ruble and that is going to be crazy. So I've actually seen what's happening. There's a there's a link that I have that I'll put in the show notes that uh, I got to find it again. But it actually shows what's happening to the uh, the ruble once they na- announced they were going to do a gold backed crypto ruble, and it's it's gone from the dead and it's cruising back up in value. And so yeah, this is crazy times, folks. This is really crazy times. And you know I think this is going to be a long term strength for the ruble most likely. So this is what we will do. The ruble will get stronger as we go ahead and we make gold the standard of the country. Once upon a time in America, gold was standard. Richard Nixon removed gold standard from and then printed more fiat currency. Do you know I read somewhere just uh, this past week that, well, actually the article was dated the end of 2021 and something like um, 30% of the money that exists of our U.S. fiat was printed in the last 12 months, last year, 30%. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's yeah, that's full. Uh, <clears throat> let me actually pull this up here, Joel. Let me let me actually put this in the show notes so you can pull it up here easily. I'll pull it underneath the. Uh, did, we, did you just get rid of that article? No, I move. I move article up in show notes. Oh, you move article up. I will place this here. Then talk about it. It was a really good place to put this. You can look right here. You can see that there. There it is. Pull that up on the thing, and you can see so once they announce the gold-backed crypto ruble. Uh, look what's happening to the crypto. The oh, ruble is actually increasing in value. Yeah. It has not surpassed where it was before the war started. But do you see a trend? I see trend. I see moving up. Ruble getting so, stronger. I'm sitting there thinking, like, how do I convert U.S. dollars into crypto rubles? Yeah. Because the U.S. dollar is going to do the exact opposite. It's going to start going down, right? Less countries needing the dollar. Well, and that, and that kind of freaks me out a little bit with stable coins because they're all pegged to the dollar. Mm -hmm. And as the dollar goes down, those stable coins are going to be pegged to the dollar and those stable coins are going to go down in value. In my theory, I'm not, I'm not an economist, but I'm just thinking, wow, they printed double the amount of, what did you just say? Double the amount of money in the last 30 percent of it. Let me see if I can find the story on this. 30 percent of the supply. And then Trump was guilty of that shit, too. <clears throat> they just had the printers on and they've had the printers on since Bush. Right. Bush. And they had the 2008 up. Oh, turn the printers on. We'll call it quantitative easing. Obama kept the printers going. So the amount of money that's gone into circulation is just insane. What happens when that happens? Hyperinflation eventually happens. I don't know about you, but is, is the gas prices a little higher? Are things yeah. a little higher at the grocery store? Yeah. Is it costing you a little bit more? Now, has your pay increased uh, to correspond to those price increases? Probably not. So we've been telling you for years, probably a good idea. Get yourself a little Bitcoin. Get yourself a little Ethereum. Get yourself some crypto. Not financial advice, but kind of because... I knew eventually the dollar is going to collapse. It's going to lose its status as world reserve currency. And we're going to start seeing some of the things that we're seeing now. We've been talking about it. So I, I was wrong. It, I'm sorry. I, um, I was wrong. It wasn't 30%. According to this article on techstartups.com, 40% of U.S. dollars in existence were printed in the last 12 months. This was from May of last year, so almost a year ago. And didn't they? And, they and so that would include... Trump's administration. So here's yeah. the thing, folks. We're not, I'm not a Trumper. I I want freedom. I want no bullshit in politics. So it's like, did I think that Trump could maybe solve some things? I thought he could. I thought he did a decent job in some areas. I thought he did a horrible job in other areas. You're racist. And printing all of that money, super fucking stupid, right? And so I, I am not on either team. I want the real story. I want to figure out what this real deal is going on. And guess what? The political class in most places in the world are only out for themselves. That's not a conspiracy. It's not a theory. It is the truth. And who owns them? The bankers own them. Not a conspiracy. <clears throat> it's the truth, right? If you go back and look and see when this all happened, this has been going on for a couple hundred years. It took a long time to get the power away from the church and from the king. And then the bankers became the new kingmakers. Fractional reserve banking and, and, and the goldsmith of the, the Rothschild family, Mayor Amschel Rothschild back in the day. It really was that the key moment in history was when he embezzled essentially $3 million from the king of France, set up five banks across Europe that were ran by his children. And then in 1803, Nathan Rothschild, who was in charge of the Bank of England at that time, that was the Rothschild Bank, basically got back word that said Napoleon had lost versus Russia. And then they told everyone that Napoleon had won, which then tanked the British stock markets. And then the Rothschilds went in with all their resources, bought everything up at pennies on the dollar, and over a short period of time, the news came back. Napoleon had actually lost. The stock market took off. And then they just had so much wealth. And then, ever since then, they've been funding multiple sides of wars. Hey, we want to change the way the world is set up. We don't want these people to win. We want these people to win. We're going to loan them money. We're going to loan them money plus interest. 
all these countries are going to be destroyed. They're going to need to borrow more money to repair their, their countries. Oh, they need some weapons. They need some weapons. We're going to delay their weapons. Oh, and basically they're able to determine through chess, essentially, who they want to win in, the, in their preferred world order. And we're still living in their world order. And um, it's getting crazy. But with Russia peeling off, China peeling off, Iran, Brazil, India peeling off, we're seeing a new world order. But I don't necessarily know that it's the one that they've been planning on, Joel. Uh, it's really hard to tell, but they're not even trying to hide it anymore. I mean, there's been uh, videos out this last week with, you know, these, these world economic forum people talking about, we want this new world order. And uh, I remember, you know, hearing about this when George Bush senior talked about it years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And people are like, Oh, that's nothing's going to happen. That's just crazy conspiracy. You know what he said that? There's actually a specific date that he said that for the first time. When he said it in a in a in a speech uh, in in 1991 on September 11th, ironically, huh. thousand points of light is when the first time he ever mentioned that. Not a conspiracy, just that's just a fact. Now there's there's something else going on here. I I'm gonna see if I can pull up this article. I tweeted it a few days ago where they were talking about how they are in getting near the end of the paper. A dollar and they're going to be start moving in towards the digital dollars and because that gives them more views it was the world government summit mm. they said hey it gives us better views into every transaction right to go crypto like like that's a fucking benefit yeah like, they want to see everything you're doing <clears throat> in the name of you know stopping money laundering like people are willing to give right. up privacy because there's some criminals out there. And guess what? Criminals are still going to criminal. They're just going to find another way, gang. You know, every time a, um, an operating system uh, rolls out an update, they have to have a basically a counterterrorism team that's looking to make sure every hole is buttoned up because immediately hackers go in and they try to figure out how to disrupt and find the holes in their system. It never ends. It's continual back and forth. Uh, criminals are always going to find a way to criminal because that's what they do. That's who they are. They're bad, evil people. And they're going to find a way to be bad and evil. And if you think the government is going to come in with their central bank digital currency and save the day from money laundering and criminals, uh, you're a world-class idiot. That's a, I'm just going to be straight up front about it. World-class. You get the title. I am a full-blown moron. That's not going to happen. I actually post a link to this, Joel, because I don't want people just to think that we're just spewing and saying this stuff ourselves. I want you to take a look at that. And actually, it's the video of them saying it themselves. I've seen it. No, I, I agree. It, yep, it's We are the on the notes. brink of a dramatic change. We are about to abandon the traditional system of money and replace it with a new one, digital blockchain CBDC, which will give us greater clarity over every single transaction. You want to play that? Play the video? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and play it. This is off Twitter, and so it's out there in the, uh, the public domain, and here is the video. Well, it may be a bit late for that. Uh, I remember talking to an Australian diplomat at one point about this break between the U.S. and China and said, you know, both sides are going to say, whose team are you on? Mm -hmm. And he said, our job is to make sure the question never arises. But the question has arisen. And so I think we have to go deeper. And it's not about the U.S. versus China. It's about what underpins a world order is always the financial system. Mm. I, I was very privileged. My father was an advisor to Nixon when they came off the gold standard in 71. And so I was brought up with a kind of inside view of how very important the financial structure is to absolutely everything else. And what we're seeing in the world today, I think, is we are on the brink of a dramatic change where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. And the new one, the new accounting, is what we call blockchain. It means digital. It means having an almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the economy, which will give us far greater clarity over what's going on. It also raises huge dangers in terms of the balance of power between states and citizens. In my opinion, we're going to need a digital constitution of human rights if we're going to have digital money. 
but also this new money will be sovereign in nature. Most people think that digital money is crypto and private, but what I see are superpowers introducing digital currency. The Chinese were the first. The U.S. is on the brink, I think, of moving in the same direction. The Europeans have committed to that as well. And the question is, will that new system of digital money and digital accounting accommodate the competing needs of the citizens of all these locations so that every human being has a chance to have a better life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like what she said about needing a digital a constitution for, you know, this use. But come on, look, once you give governments power, they don't give it back. We, you know, the, the, the colonists, the founders of, you know, the United States of America had to take it. They had to, you know, say to King George, no, we're not going to take it anymore. We are twisted sister and we will go to war over this. Governments never give back power to people. Yeah, my buddy Steve has a hilarious bit about the British wearing their bright red uh, uniforms, walking down the middle, and, and then and then how the uh, the colonists were like hanging out in the bushes and shooting them, and it's like, what? What are they doing? It's not. This is not proper. How are they going to shoot us like this? What? No, come on. We're going to keep on walking down here. What the fuck are they going to keep shooting? Oh, oh, what happened? Nigel just died. What? what? Well, these, I don't even see us. Come out and fight like real soldiers. Like, it's like, bro, like, what the hell? But yeah, so things are things are a changing. And whoa, that's another conspiracy, I guess, Joel. Did we just, was that another conspiracy? I we're guess. Right on? Let's, let's see if uh, there's any conspiracy in this next voicemail. Hey, Travis and Joel. This is Tommy from Houston. Um, been listening to you guys since October 2017. You guys have done so much for me, for my family, for the people that I know, because, uh, of course, I've had to pass on the wisdom. I uh, just wanted to say thank you guys so much. Um, y'all are incredible. Happy 600th episode uh, to many more of you guys. Cheers. It was so nice. I got a little tear. <laughs> That's great. Uh, really mean it uh, sincerely. It's it. Um... It feels really good to make a difference in people's lives. And, you know, with just by being who we are um, and, and the lesson from that is everybody has that value to bring, you know, if you're real and authentic and, and bring your authentic self to whatever you do, everybody can make an impact, even a couple of doofuses like us. Yeah, that's awesome to hear that. You know, it's like, when somebody calls in and says or, or messages us or we see at a conference and they're like, dude, you know, you guys helped change, change the trajectory of my life, my family's life. Thank you so much. And I always say, well, thank you for that. But you came seeking the knowledge, right? All we did was put out content. You're the one who did the work tuning in and listening regularly. So kudos to you for continuing your education. Because a lot of people lose their curiosity over time. They, they sit on their big, their, their big chair and, and get their downloads from CNN and MSNBC and some of these other places, <clears throat> whereas you are out there seeking alternative knowledge, looking to better your life in some way, researching things. And so you did the hard work. So kudos to you for being out there and doing that, because that's how you win in life is you got to educate yourself. They're not going to educate you with the things that they that you really should know. Notice how they're in school. I don't know. Did you ever get any like financial literacy in school? Did they teach you how to manage a checkbook? Did they teach you how to do your taxes? Did they teach you about the law of 72 and how money works? They probably didn't teach you any of that. Why? Because they kind of like to keep you dumb and they kind of like to keep us fighting against each other. So when you're out there, you know, bucking the system and educating yourself in, in independently, you are different than most. So congrats to you, man. I love to hear that. Yay, you guys. You're the best. Uh, here's an email that we got from Marcus. He says, sup, guys, love the show. It's not only educational, but also entertaining, even though Travis is a conspiracy overlord. <laughs> I'm from the UK and have been listening for about six months now. I should have read it like this. I'm from the UK. You know, I've been listening for about six months now. Wish I'd been listening sooner. I've learned so much. 
should have said, I've learned so bloody much. I was wondering what your top three tips are for finding great NFT projects to mint before all the hype reaches them. Congrats on 600 episodes. Loving kisses, Marcus. Well, there was no loving kisses, but I, I, I sensed it in the tone of the uh, project. What do you, what do you think, uh, Conspiracy Overlord Travis? What are your top three tips for finding great NFT projects? I, um, I have my thoughts. I'll, I'll fill in the gaps. Okay. Well, so I just came back from NFT LA and I found that there's some really interesting tools out there that will actually show you if you're monitoring them, one of which is IC.tools. Uh, that's a great, it'll actually show you what's minting right now over the last hour, <clears throat> last six hours, last day, last three days. So you can actually kind of see that. Rarity Tools is an interesting place to see, uh, but a lot of those have already been ones that have been hyped. Found a new tool called Nansen, N-A-N-S-E-N dot A-I, which I'll be ch- be utilizing more. We might be talking about it more in the, in the future. I'm just starting to get used to it. But you know, there's a lot of work that goes involved with it. It's like, you know, in some cases, it might be good to hire a, 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 a an, an assistant off of like Upwork or Fiverr or something to help out because, you know, there's so much stuff that pops through on Twitter, so much stuff that's on their discords. How do you know which one's real? But I would say the best way is you got to make sure that the project is real. Make sure they got a strong community. It's not a bullshit community. Make sure they got an active Telegram, not a Telegram, active Twitter, maybe active Discord. Go in, see it. Is it a real community? Uh, how, does it look like it's got great art? Does it look like it got great utility? Does it look like the, te- is the team doxed itself, right? So those are some things that I would suggest. And also make sure you're choosing the right one on OpenSea because there's so many shysters out there that have said, here's the project click here and buy these. And then people are buying the ones that are not the real ones. So make sure you're careful on that. And then I'm going to pass the mic over to, to Joel because he's got additional tips. You know, I, so I've actually started an article that I'm going to write here sooner, maybe do a video on it, but the title of it that's working is 15 things to look for in an NFT launch. I'm going to just hit all 15 of them really fast without going in depth. Do you like the art? Uh, what utility does it have? What do you think of the roadmap? Does it have one? What's the community like? What's the marketing like on their team? What blockchain are they minting on? What is the delivery system? Are they generative, one of ones, direct purchase? Are they packs? Um, are they original? What's the leadership involvement like? Are there celebrities or influencers involved? What's the fun factor, the UX, UI? Can you play with your NFTs? Uh, What collaborations and partnerships do they have? Are there charitable initiatives? Are they going to give back? what kind, how much do they cost? What's the money? And finally, the X factor, which is the unknown component that can take a set uh, out of the blue to the stratosphere. And at some point in the not too distant future, I'm going to uh, either do a video or an article and uh, embellish on all of that to go in depth, because I think there's a lot of people asking this question, how do you know what to buy? But the bottom line is DYOR, you got to do your research. If you're just going on tips for people, I mean, sometimes we'll do that, right? Somebody will say, hey, this looks hot. You might want to go pick one up. You and I will go, all right, well, I'll go buy one of those without doing too much research, just because intuition or because we like it or whatever. But, you know, if you're spending your hard-earned money uh, on NFTs and investing in them without doing some deep dives, then you could very possibly be throwing your money away, which leads to uh, marital problems. (laughs) In many cases, I call it the Amway effect. Right. You go and buy something because you think it's going to be a great investment and you end up with, you know, uh, 25 cases of of cleaner in your garage and in uh, divorce papers. So, you know, just be real careful, be real smart and don't FOMO in. Don't don't allow your emotions to lead your investment strategy uh, more often than not. That doesn't end well. That's my two cents. That's really good. And I'm, as I'm FOMOing into another thing. <laughs> what are you buying? Well, I'm actually I haven't bought anything yet. I was just looking at it. I was um, on Nansen and I saw that uh, uh, there's, a, there's a project taking off right now. Mutant Sheba Club. And I was didn't, like, All uh, right, I want to go. I'm going to go look at these and see what's going on with it. it didn't Nansen have a hit in the 90s? Mm, bop. NFTs. Mm, bop. Mm, bop. In bot for NFTs. Let's check out what this caller had to say. Hey guys, 
600 episodes. 600! That's that's crazy. Why? Why have you done 600? <laughs> Why? Thanks, guys. Have a birthday. That's he asks a really relevant question. Why? <laughs> Why? I don't know. I it, why? I don't know. You know, I, I am let I'm gonna toot our horns for a moment, mostly because I have gas, but also because you know, when we started the show, we started it because we wanted to have these conversations and share them with people. It was the right time, it was the right, you know, voice and tone of what we did. And then, you know, 2018, the crypto markets fell away, and there were opportunists that came in just to create shows to get eyeballs while the market was in a bull run. And then they stopped broadcasting after, you know, the market collapsed. And, uh, you know, I won't say any names, but, you know, one of them begins with the initials TL, um, you know, opportunists. And that's what opportunists do. We did not stop because we believe in this technology. We believe that this is revolutionary stuff. And we believe that this is the way to empower people if we can keep the government's darn hands off of it um so we continued creating content you know and and we're going to keep doing the same as long as it's fun and interesting for us to do so so there we go i, I just tooted for the two of us it was a double toot that's exactly right well we covered why did we keep doing it because there's you know we, we like to share information that maybe not be may, may not be publicly uh, available to most. We like to help teach people. And, and really, one of the goals has been uh, to, to, for me, whenever we first started the show, and even way before that, was that I, I had a goal back in 2008 that was like, you know, it's, it was almost like I got a, a download in my head. And I was like, whoa, Travis, you're going to help and you're going to help somehow inspire and create a thousand millionaires. And I was like, and I didn't realize that was going to be because going to be because a million U.S. dollars are going to be worthless. And so we're going to create so many more millionaires because the dollar, a million dollars is not what it used to be. <laughs> right. um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like um, uh, the Venezuelan Bolivar or the Zimbabwe right. currency. All going to be millionaires. A trillion dollar bill. Yeah, <laughs> Travis, is this your, this was your plan all along. Collapse yeah. the dollar. I didn't realize that originally, but that's what's happening. But you know, that's really been one of the goal. And I know that we've helped a lot of people. I don't know if we've hit hit a thousand millionaires yet, but I'm pretty sure of the, you know, 15 million, 20 million to have downloads we've had over the five years, whatever the number is that um, we've inspired a lot of people. We've done good stuff along the way. We've not shilled shitty projects. Um, we've, we've worked with some amazing people, amazing brands, amazing companies, companies that were really early and then grew into amazing companies like Animoca. Like, so it's like, this is a hell of a ride. And the thing is, is that we're here and, and um, we're, we're helping be the Sherpa Derpas to help lead you guys along as we find new information. I, I really get a kick out of when people um, come up to me from my past before bad crypto, right? You know, oh, I, I bought the iFart app or I used to play on Yahoo games. I was at a uh, crypto meetup here in uh, Palmas del Mar just a few days ago. And a dude came up to me and says, hey, I've been wanting to meet you. I have to, you know, I moved here. I have to let you know that in 2007, I bought your instant AdSense templates package, which was before WordPress became a thing. And, and we provided nice. these ready to use uh, templates in different niches and he got into real estate and he built his empire off of that is what kicked off you know him yeah. becoming a, a jillionaire and you know having to move to puerto rico to save on his money i'm like man that is that's amazing something that uh, you know was offered 15 years ago 15 years later to hear from somebody that that changed my life that's so yeah, freaking rewarding so you never know what you're gonna do that's gonna impact somebody now that you most of the time you'll never even know how you impacted people, whether it was a good encounter or a bad encounter. You're most of the time you're never going to know. So yeah. that's why we uh, do good stuff, put good mm -hmm. out there. Well, I'll tell you one of those other stories like that, Joel, was that you know you created the very first AdSense book. When did you write that first AdSense book? <clears throat> um, I want to say it came out January 2005, was the first ebook. I didn't expect that to take off either. So I was yeah. teaching some friends about Google AdSense and how I was making $500 a day. And they started making money. They said, you should write a book. I was like, derp. 
okay, I've only been in, you know, the internet business for 10 years. As of then, I should write a book. You think people would buy it, put the thing out there. And all of a sudden, boom, thousands and thousands of copies. Yeah. That's when I first heard about you as I da- illegally downloaded that book for free. <laughs> That's right. And, <clears throat> you, and, and who would have thought that, you know, uh, a few years after that, we would get connected by Lori Ruff. Big shout out to Lori Ruff for connecting us and saying these two dudes need to meet. And uh, then we, we had a conversation. And then actually, I think it was in 2016 or 2017, you put together like your list of influencers that people you wanted to hang out with more in that year. And you put me as number one. And I was like, oh, dude, I don't know what this dude's got in store. For- he does not know what he has in store for him. But. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. No, no regrets. No regrets at, at all. And you still owe me the $67 for that ebook. No um, regrets. Hey, I'm adju- going to add that to the PayPal. I'm going to add $67. Adjusted um, for 2022 inflation. I think that's about a million dollars right there. Make me a millionaire. No, not going to do it. But make pregnant. <laughs> So, you know, we talked a little earlier about, um, you know, track keeping your stuff locked down and that there's thieves out there doing thieving stuff. One of the big stories from this past week is that hackers took over six hundred million dollars via the Ronin um, swap uh, site which is what Axie Infinity is built on. 173,600 Ether and $25.5 million worth of stable coin. Woo! One of the largest thefts ever in the, uh, the crypto world. And as of the story, the funds were still in the, uh, the, the holder's wallet. They got a hold of private keys. <clears throat> Not good. So crazy. So, you know... I think, and this has already started to happen. There, there's been some NFT rug pulls where people like kind of create a project, and then they will take in all this money, and then they'll just disappear. Well, there's starting to be more lawsuits and you know criminal indictments on this. This happened this past week, so I, I would assume that you know whoever this person was who stole over six hundred million dollars, you know, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure they're not sleeping well at night because eventually karma is going to be a bitch. Yeah, you know, I just, I know people come on hard times and it's very tempting to uh, to steal as an easy way out. But you know what kind of person that makes you? That makes you a horrible person. You are the scourge of the earth. You are like your mom is so embarrassed that she ever gave birth to you if you're this kind of person. You might have all kinds of money, but that's not going to satisfy you because inside you're dead inside you're dead and it's just it's sad but you're very rich but you're dead rich and dead so what I, you know hey how much are you going to take with you when you uh, physically leave this planet none of it and your legacy will be i did shitty mm-hmm. things to people with the one yeah. life that i was given congratulations you have a, a participation award it's going to be a, a, a turd medal you know it's like a poop moji metal yeah. only it's an actual turd and for all eternity it wafts and you get to smell your turdiness <laughs> it's a perpetual chain of turds <clears throat> that's waftiness i like that you know it's a <laughs> i had something witty to say but then your waftiness turds just made me forget <laughs> my wafty oh. turd metal the wtm <laughs> Just uh, <laughs> and that is why people tune in because they're it like, is. holy shit, these guys, what the hell? Well, I just hey, look, you know what? I, you make me laugh, and and I make you laugh, and mm-hmm. it, and if we're having fun, then there's some other people out there that are laugh yeah. snorting, you know. And that's the whole reason we really started the show because it was like, dude, we were having these crypto conversations all the time, and then we were laughing, and I was like, dude. Like, realistically, we should probably do a show on this because, like, we should just record our hilarious crypto chats and let other people hear them. It's really what it is. And so here we are five years later, you know, having hilarious crypto chats. uh, And and life has changed pretty substantially. Like, I no longer live where I lived. I have moved to a whole new place, an island, right? It's like I got we, we discovered NFTs back in 2017, really early, right? And one of the reasons why, Joel, like, like we got into this is we were chatting in 2016. We started to see how, you know, censorship was taking place in big, in big tech. Mm-hmm. We started to see how 
these, you know, it's like, wow, like the world is changing. Big tech is using its power kind of in nefarious ways. You could see how certain ads were showing up in places and then other candidates were not showing up. They were being banned from platforms. Other ones were, it's like, man, look, Facebook's being shady. Twitter's being shady. Like Google listings are being shady right now. And then, then, wow, in 2020, it's gotten so worse. And now it's so bad. Cancel culture is a literal thing. We're like, oh yeah, this person's got canceled off Twitter. It's like no big deal. Nobody even bats an eye. Yeah. Well, talking about Twitter and the problems that people are having with censorship on these platforms, Elon Musk has been putting some tweets out recently asking, you know, um, should Twitter, uh, does Twitter adhere to free speech platforms? And he's kind of doing a survey, but allegedly he is considering building a, a social media platform with free speech as the top priority, which I would completely welcome, especially if he decentralizes it. Look at the survey. Do you believe Twitter rigorously adheres to the principle of free speech? 70% said no. And the other 29.6% are, are idiots. Just, they're idiots. How, how <laughs> look, they literally banned the president of the United States from their yeah. platform. If you say that they are a free speech platform. You are a buffoon of biblical proportions. I can't even imagine. Stay away from anything that I touch because you're going to bring your stupidity to it, and I don't want it anywhere near me. Yeah, yeah. As of right now, as of right now, you you couldn't see Trump on, on there because they banned the fucking American president. However, president of Russia at Kremlin Russia underscore E the official Russian government organization, the Kremlin News, you can still go check them out. Uh, they're on Twitter. Um, I believe the head of Iran is uh, is on, on Twitter. I'm not sure if um, Winnie the Pooh is from China, but I do know that, my God, wow, they're going to block the American president because <clears throat> they it hurts their feelings. They don't <laughs> like that guy. But the president of Russia still is on there. And, and a lot of these other people on there, the World Economic Forum still on there. And, and, and listen, they are, you know, um, a public company and they are owned, you know, by the shareholders. And ultimately, the shareholders are the ones that will hold the company, um, you know, liable for the decisions that are made. And yes, they can do whatever they want with their platform. That wasn't the question, gang. The question was, did they adhere to the principles of free speech? Clearly, the answer is no. So you don't have a chance to go back and re-vote on that poll if you said that they do. But maybe you need to go take a little time to be with yourself and and screw your head back on, right? Because I don't even think it's in your head. I think it's up your butt right now. Get your head out of your ass. You need a rectal cranial extraction and stand for freedom because guess what? You might applaud them deplatforming somebody, but what about when they come for you? And believe me, they will come for you as well. So screw that nonsense. I'm I'm getting pretty serious and intense about this. I feel very strongly. I, I'm on. Uh, you know what else is intense? What's that? Camping. Yeah. Camping's intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you go with a friend, then it could be too tense. <laughs> putting wow. the bad in bad crypto in the meantime pulling up this story from coindesk shiba inu's metaverse will feature more than a hundred thousand land plots okay i'm in anything with dogs and shit coins uh you know sounds interesting <clears throat> have you read anything about this yeah look yeah they're gonna unlock they're gonna unlock a hundred thousand plots total what I found was interesting of it is that they're they're going to be in ETH. They're not actually going to be in their Shiba Inu shitcoin tokens. Okay, well it's a ERC twenty, so yeah, so that's fine. Um, I, I want yeah. some land. I'm I'm a big fan of land, uh, and in fact, before we started the show, I was telling you that I am you know watching the the metaverse mm-hmm. um, NFT and uh, play to earn space really closely and. Um, you know, Decentraland, Sandbox, Crypto Voxels, some of the earliest ones. I finally picked up a Somnium Space 
parcel because I'm like, you know, eventually this, I feel not financial advice, gang, do your own research. I feel that eventually Somnium is going to take off. And then, you know, we see NFT worlds blowing up on on Ethereum. And basically it's it's brilliant. And we saw um, Corey uh, of Uplift World do it first on the Wax blockchain, where they were able to create this Minecraft world and bring all the different properties from the yeah. Wax blockchain ecosystem in to build out their own lands. Then these guys go and do the similar thing on Ethereum, and it it's explosive. I mean, it's something I don't know what the floor is right now on well, NFT worlds. Yeah, there's ten thousand of them uh, total, and last time I saw it was about 12. yeah about ten ETH, nine point six nine ETH. Okay. And I was going to say the price has gone down, but it hasn't because Ethereum has gone up. Ethereum, as of this very moment, is approaching $3,500 again. Yeah. So I was looking, I was looking at some of these and I was like, yeah, Kenny, <clears throat> you know, I don't know how many times I've done that. I did that. I remember when, uh, when Bored Apes came out and I was like, yeah, three ETH for this monkey. <laughs> I don't know. I doesn't seem like a good idea. I don't want to spend 15, almost $15,000 on a JPEG. What a dumbass. No way. And who would have thought that that would have been an incredible deal because, you know, they are now what, 25 ETH floor or something stupid. And then not only that, but then you got the, the mutant ape. And then, they, then you got the ape coin drop. And so if you guys are st- listening to crypto and you guys are doing only crypto stuff and the gaming stuff doesn't excite you, you know, it probably will excite your kids. And, uh, and so that's a way to sort of do some mom and pop and kids stuff is learn about this NFT and this virtual lands and the metaverse, because like, you know, my kids are, are, are 20 and 16 and they love this stuff. Like my, my daughter, has earned so much money off of NFTs. Like, it's just like her wealth has, has been built on NFTs. My sons too. Like they, and it's none that I've given them. I didn't give them say, Hey, here's some money and go and do this and go enjoy. Like, like they've taken their allowances that they'd earned and then did some investing and did some other little stuff. And then Jarek helped out. My son helped out with blockchain heroes. He learned, he earned a lot of wax. He kept a lot of his wax, didn't sell it. And the wax went from like, three, four cents, all the way up to 90 cents. Now back down to like 35 cents or something, whatever it is. And my daughter invested in some projects too. She, she, she actually got some NFTs on wax, got some rare ones, sold them, <clears throat> earned more wax, then leveraged that into some other stuff. It's like, man, like I, I think Gary V's mentioned this and I think you've mentioned this too. We chatted about it. It's like, there's going to be more kids under the age of 20 that are millionaires than probably ever before because they're figuring out this game quickly. So get your kids involved. It's going to be a fun thing because you don't understand it. You don't learn about it. Well, guess what? They're buying skins in Fortnite. They're mm-hmm. buying points in Madden. They're doing. They're getting the, the Roblox bucks, right? And they're doing other stuff. They're used to virtual items in these games and pay attention because – they're the future generation. You mean tell me it's gonna they're gonna stop doing it as they get older? No, it's their core being. Yep, you are corrected, sir. I figure I may as well take a look at Coin Gecko here as long as we're talking about crypto prices. And let's do this. Let's do what where it is right now, and let's show where it was when we started the show back okay. in uh, episode yep. one. That's a good idea. So timestamp. This is um, the second of April, the day after the Fools, and it's twelve thirty p.m. Eastern. This episode comes out Sunday night, the third. As of right now, the crypto market cap two point two five eight trillion dollars. Bitcoin forty six two seventy. Ethereum thirty four sixty nine. Uh, Solana's even. Look at this. So in the last seven days, Solana's up forty. 40- one percent. That's probably. I was going to say it's the biggest jump. It's not. Look at this, Zilliqua. If you own some Zill, two hundred and seventy-three. Yeah, you've almost tripled that money, dog. Wow, wow. That is that is some uh, Waves serious. Waves up big too, huh? Serious. Fifty-one dollars per wave. Holy cow! Yeah, some real stuff happening what? there. Chains are, uh, are are blowing up. Okay, so you want me to look at the historical chart. So I'm going to pull up the uh, the Bitcoin um, chart here. 
on the screen for all to see. For those of you who are seeing, we are recording video now for most of our shows. And so um, while I say you can find us on YouTube and you can, you could also find us on Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E.com. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, decentralized video. Yeah. So we started. And we're also going to be on a really cool network. Yeah, uh, uh, soon. coming up. We'll tell you more about later. <clears throat> the round table. So if we go to July 18th, there it is. On July 18th, 2017, Bitcoin was $2,274. Now that is way too expensive. I wouldn't buy any of that. Yeah. That's and a then scam. This happened when we rode the, and there was euphoria. It was ICO season. Then it came all the way back down to about 3,200 from a high of, of 10,000. We said back then, we said this thing, this rise here that looks enormous. When you look at the 2017-18 run, it looks enormous. But we referenced back to 2014 and said, oh, now don't look at the numbers. Just look at the run. It was like, boom. Oh, my gosh, that's a huge increase. But now you look at that 2014 run in relation to 2017. This is a little bitty baby bump right here. Then go wide and look at the whole thing. And this is now a small bump. This is big. So what, what do you think is going to happen, gang? What do, you, what do you think this is going to look like, you know, a few years from now? I'm going to say this will be mostly invisible. This will be like the size of this one here. And this will look like that while we have the big run up that I and you believe is going to be, you know, uh, half a million dollars or so. Eventually. Yeah. <clears throat> and I want to show you this. Excuse me here. I got some. What do you, what do you got to show me? Things. What do you got to show me? Show me things. Let me actually, let me put this, let me put this in the, in the show notes here, right after right. from where we are. And I'll and open, I'll open it up and we can look at it together. Cause I have no idea where yeah. you're going. Well, there it is. There is the, uh, there is the exact show notes on the day uh, in the show notes, the exact price of crypto. When we started the show, okay. when we had an idea to do the show. And uh, that's when I sent my infamous me- infamous message over to you. Hey, when t- when are we going to do the Joel and TW crypto show? So Bitcoin, uh, nineteen hundred bucks. Ethereum, one hundred fifty seven bucks. XRP, fourteen cents. Litecoin, forty bucks. ERC Classic, fourteen bucks. Dash, one hundred thirty two bucks. Nim, nobody talks about Nim much anymore, do they? Less than ten cents. IOTA, eighteen <laughs> cents. Monero, nine bucks. Tether, Tether's still around a buck. Yeah. Number 12. Stratus has fallen way out of the top. Verisatium is no longer the top. Uh, BitShares is no longer up top. So many new projects. Neo wasn't even Neo, the number 16. That was AntShares. We discovered AntShares. And it was like, it was even before that when we were chatting about AntShares, then it turned into Neo. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was one of your first crypto purchases. It was. Well, you got some Ethereum and then you're like, how do I get this AntShares? And then Answers went from like two bucks to 50 bucks or something. Yeah, it was, it was a good run. Unfortunately, I did not learn how to sell to take profits back then. My strategy now, which everybody, you know, I don't like to trade a lot, but my strategy has, my, my philosophy has been, it never hurts to take profits. Like, cause if it goes up and you don't take profits and then it comes crashing down, you're like, oh, I could have sold. If it goes up and you sell some, and then it goes up some more, you, you won't have to worry about saying, oh, I should, you know, I shouldn't have sold, I sh-, you know, at a certain point. It's like putting money in the bank is never a horrible idea. That's my strategy because you're never going to call the tops and the bottoms perfectly. It's just not going to yeah. happen. <clears throat> this is turning into a pretty long episode. Yeah. So um, let's go ahead and cover one more story here, Sir Lord Travis, and it is uh, this one here, which I find particularly fascinating. Um, the plans for a luxurious crypto paradise island where the super rich could call home in 2023. It's being built in the nation of Vanuatu and mm-hmm. citizenship um, costs $130,000. You buy basically an NFT and all payments on the island will be made in crypto. So I, I think that's uh, Satoshi Island could be could be a thing. Yep. And for those who don't know where that is, that is off the coast, as you can see here, off the coast of Australia, north of New Zealand, south of Papua New Guinea, and those little islands right there, not too far away from Fiji. 
those are some of the most beautiful islands in the mm. world. It just, I mean, the water in Fiji is so good. They put, they put it into bottles. Well, look at this. So basically your home, you, you live in a fishbowl here, according to this, the architectural design. I mean, there are blinds, but it's like all windows just enjoying the paradise. Um, nice. They will live in futuristic modular homes. Yeah. Could be, could be super nice. Uh, Trav, we got one more voicemail to okay. uh, to play here so i'm going to cue that up for us and let's give a listen to what this caller had to say uh yeah i didn't hear corn one time in the last episode uh just disappointed uh thank you <laughs> well there you go he, he he's the corn guy for this episode because he said it he mentioned corn that's yeah. nice we don't I mean actually to let had, you guys I had a cornucopia of corn all up in it. Not recently, recently, because I actually had one. I, had, I realized I had two big meals of corn in the same day. This was, uh, I was in, well, because for one, <clears throat> once I, once I got back into America, the very first meal I had was some Chipotle with copious amounts of corn. And then when I was at NFTLA, I had a burrito bowl and they just piled it up with corn. And I was like, well, you know what? I almost took a photo because I didn't remember if I've ever seen that much corn speckled through a turd before. I almost <laughs> took a photo. So but when I, I think not, of this, I was like, that's gross. I'm really going to date myself here. I grew up on AM radio in the 70s, and there was a song by a band called The Three Degrees that you may or may not know. It was three women. It. it was called When Will I See You Again? Oh, I've heard that song. <laughs> I'm like, that's when the corn song. I see you again. Yeah. Precious moments, the, the moment yeah. that you get to see the corn one more time. Well, yeah. we really appreciate you guys listening in. We uh, just this last week, we did two interviews that are going to be coming out on the next two episodes, and you do not want to miss them. Um, one of them is with one of the uh, the voted the the best community member in the helium community. His name is mm. Nick. And we've been meaning to talk about, um, you know, uh, community powered Wi-Fi, right? Where we become the distributed network mm -hmm. for the networks and helium appears to making, be making some great traction in that arena. That is true. And then also we have the one and only Jimmy song oh my shitting all over NFTs. Oh he is dropping gosh. corn nuggets all over it and then <laughs> just smearing it. And like, he does not like, well, cause you know what, when you're talking to someone who is a Bitcoin maximalist, all they see is Bitcoin. He, he doesn't even see any value really in Ethereum smart contracts. So no, none. I mean, this episode, this is a, a heated episode is very friendly uh, but is. he is very passionate about his beliefs and uh, yeah. we think he's wrong we think jimmy yeah. song is wrong uh, yeah. and the future will you know it, let us know but you do not want to miss this episode it yeah is i think what we need to do is take his rant about how shitty nfts are clip it and make it into an nft one of one that we put up for auction because it's <laughs> it would be super meta to have that at rant about how nfts are shitty and then sell it. I, I think, think that's fantastic. <clears throat> and let's let's give it to charity. Right? Yeah. I think he would be yeah, down yeah. with that. I love that idea. All right, Sir Lord Travis. Well, you, uh, as of this moment, when people hear this, you're going to be either really sad or really glad uh, because they will have the benefit of hindsight to see what happened on this yeah. Saturday. So where are you and what's happening? Yeah. So, well, for some little backstory is I bought Super Bowl tickets early. And um, and then we're at the Chiefs game and the Chiefs decided to lose to the Bengals and not make it to the Super Bowl. <clears throat> so I'm like, I'm not going to the Super Bowl. So I sold those tickets. Recently got that money finally back into my account from Ticketmaster because they, it took them forever to give me the freaking money. And uh, so I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go. My team made it to the Final Four, Kansas. And actually the game they won to go to the Final Four makes them, it pa they pass Kentucky again. And they are the number one winningest college basketball program in history. And they're in the final four with Villanova, who Villanova beat us a couple years ago, I think 2018 or 19, in the final four. So we owe them. Actually, Villanova, they've been on a roll, man. Their coach is awesome. Like, they've won three in the last seven years or something stupid. Um, so they need to lose. And then it's North Carolina versus Duke on the other side. Very first time North Carolina and Duke have ever played each other in the NCAA tournament. And it's also Coach K, the coach of Duke's very last season. 
So if if he beats North Carolina and, and Kansas beats Villanova, will be Kansas versus Duke, and Duke, actually, uh, Coach K actually won their first national championship versus Kansas back in 1991. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of crazy stuff going on right here, and uh, and so uh, we're going to the game. Brought my kids, both of them, and we are in New Orleans right now, and today is Saturday, and uh, it's about noon and here, and so the game starts in about five hours, so there's gonna be a, it's going to be a pretty crazy day. I could be very sad. But I told my kids, if we lose, we're still going to stick around and watch that North Carolina Duke game because that's historic. Nobody, that's never happened before. We'll just be sad and pissed off. But hopefully, hopefully, KU can beat Villanova because we owe them. <clears throat> we'll see. Well, I I hope uh, for your sake um, that uh, Kansas wins because I know you like to rock chalk that Jayhawk. I hear whenever you say somebody says Duke, I don't think of the college. I think of the uh, the album that Genesis put out and I want to say 1979 featuring Misunderstanding and Turn It On Again. Great album. Great concept album from beginning to end. Uh, but uh, when I hear Duke, I think of the Duke brothers, Bo and Luke Duke, and then I, uh, from the general from the, you know the Duke's Hazard. But I also think of Duke and Duke from Trading Places. Sell, Mortimer, sell! (laughs) I guess sometimes when I think of Duke, I think of taking a dookie, which leads us back to corn, which leads us to stay bad. Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. Do you think anybody's still listening? Like right now? Because we just we, we ended the show, we played the music, we did the disclaimer. Do you think they're still listening? They're probably still listening because I mean they love us so much. Nobody is better at crypto than us. Everyone knows it. I know it. You know it. Travis and Joel, they're the absolute cream of the crop. They are the cream corn of crypto. <laughs> I mean, they're trying to like right now, they're probably like, where do, where's the damn off button? I I have I got Joe Rogan in queue for my next podcast, and these guys are still talking. Well, shut up. As as a as a newly anointed apostle of humility. I can say that without a shadow of a doubt, we are the baddest mofos in all of this podcast. Is is this the end right now? Or is the end? It's it's coming. The end's coming. This is the end, my friend. Wait, here here it comes. Get ready for it. We're, we're, we're not quite there yet. Oh, Almost there. Gone? And it's the end. Okay.